Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash entitled parents, where an entitled father almost kills a baby. Our next Reddit post is from Stepping on Stones. As a 27-year-old guy, I have many friends with kids, mostly in the toddler age group, as well as many friends without kids, like myself. Now, don't get me wrong, I love being the fun friend and uncle, but I've always stood firm in my decision not to have kids. To that end, most of my friends with kids have grown to accept that, and we just don't bring it up. There's just no cause to, right? I think my friends just expect that one day me and my friends will announce that we're pregnant, which will never happen, but that's okay. You see, being a single, childless young man, I naturally have quite a bit more freedom in my life than my friends with kids do. I can still live my life on a whim. They can't. I can roughly predict my next two weeks. They can't. If I want to have kids later in life, then I can reverse that decision. They can't. To that end, most of my friends with children are still wholesome and loving friends. They love seeing me traveling to exotic places, and they adore the small trinkets and lengthy stories I bring home with me. One set of friends, however, has shown their true colors lately. See, over the past few years, I've helped them left, right, and center, financially speaking. I don't mind because they have mouths to feed, and I know how it feels to struggle, so I don't want to see my friends and their kids doing the same. The most notable expense was the $1,800 that I shelled out to literally buy them a functional vehicle. Keep that in mind. That $1,800 will be important later. This friend in question has a 3-year-old with their girlfriend, and their girlfriend has a 9-year-old from a previous relationship. This couple in particular has started acting very bitter towards me lately, almost as soon as they found out that I'm planning a month-long trip to Brazil in June. My friend's immediate response was, Ugh, you should be saving that money so you can buy a house and start a family. I replied, But I have no interest in reproducing, and I'm not ready to set an anchor. We've discussed that. His girlfriend piped in, Yeah, whatever. Must be nice to just fly off all over the world. Maybe one day you'll know what it's like to be responsible instead of only thinking about you. I was thinking, um, excuse me? Excuse me? I've worked my fingers to the bone to save for this vacation and all of my previous voyages, and to that end, I'm not even done yet. I've been strictly budgeting my money for over a year to make this happen. I even gave up cigarettes and soda to save a few more bucks a week. No eating out, no buying video games, basically nothing outside of the essentials. I work more hours per week than both of them combined. I'm not judging them, they have kids to care for, but still, I earn this money. And then for them to act like I'm some kind of lesser man just because I didn't accidentally reproduce right out of high school? To me, that was both laughable and pathetic. But even when this conversation took place, I just chalked it up to, okay, they resent me for it in the moment. I guess I can understand that. I mean, I know that neither one of them has ever gotten to do something like this, and I do feel somewhat like a jerk because they have to watch me fly off to Brazil knowing they could never afford this because, well, raising kids is expensive. But then, these friends took a massive step further and asked to borrow $3,000 so they could also have a vacation that summer. She even whipped out her phone and pulled up the resort that they wanted to stay at. As soon as I noticed that she entered a 14-day stay totaling $2,400, I realized that they had planned to ask me for this money all along. I was honestly speechless for a moment. So, eventually I said something like, Look man, I've been saving for this for over a year. 
I can't afford to loan any of that money out or I won't be able to afford to go on my vacation. And to be honest, I still have to recoup that $1,800 I loaned to you guys a while back. So I'm sorry, but the answer is no. And my friends just lost it. All you single assholes ever think about is yourself. You have no idea what it's like. We never get to do anything. Some friends you are, you'd rather go off by yourself than help our kids have a good summer. At this point, I simply left without saying another word. It's clear to me now that all I ever was was a piggy bank. This all happened last weekend, and even today I received a text that said, Are you sure that we can't all just go to the resort together? The kids really need this. It's not like you can't go to Brazil some other time. And this, my friends, has been a hastily written and hurtful example of entitlement. It's just fascinating to me how someone can hold two completely opposite opinions and, like, say them in the same conversation. They criticize you and say how awful you are for spending money on yourself, but then, in the next breath, they ask for that money because they want to spend it on themselves. And they criticize you for not being a good friend when, what have they given you, right? Like... It's just the hypocrisy and the entitlement is so confusing to me. Do they not know? Do they genuinely not know that they're being hypocritical? Or do they know that they're being hypocritical, but they just don't care because they're selfish and they want what they want and relationships and personal integrity be damned? Our next Reddit post is from Gian-Chan. This story is about the time that my entitled mother-in-law and father-in-law almost killed my child. The title's a bit dramatic, but oh well. This happened back in 2010. We had to live with my husband's family for a while. It was my sister-in-law's house, but we lived with her, her daughter, my mother-in-law, father-in-law, and brother-in-law. When my son was five months old, my niece got violently ill one night and kept throwing up. Obviously, I decided to keep my baby away from the family so he wouldn't get sick. They did not like that. Especially my mother-in-law and father-in-law, who kept whining and complaining that I was keeping their precious grandson away. They kept complaining even after I explained to them that I didn't want my kid to get sick. I gave in because I was tired of hearing them complain literally all day on the condition that my niece stays in her room the whole time and they wash their hands first. And yes, I'm aware that this is where I messed up. I had to use the bathroom and was only gone for a few minutes. When I came back, my niece was on the couch holding my son. Snot was dripping from her nose, she was coughing, and my father-in-law told her, Give your cousin a big kiss. Which she did, right on my baby's lips. I freak out, snatch up my baby, and lock us in the bathroom so I can wash him. The whole time, my mother-in-law and father-in-law were at the door, telling me that I'm overreacting and that sharing germs builds immunity and other BS. Of course, the next morning my baby had a high fever and was really lethargic. I tell my in-laws that I want to take my baby to the hospital, but my sister-in-law was adamant that it wasn't that bad, and I should just make an appointment with this pediatrician instead. I didn't have a license or a car, so I had to rely on other people. Like an idiot, I listened to her because I thought that she was on my side and that she knew more because her kid was older. I made an appointment for that afternoon. I got there. The doctor took one look at my baby and told me to take him to the hospital, which was one block down. The doctor said they would be expecting me, and my son was admitted as soon as we walked in the door. They told me that I was lucky, and that if I had waited any longer, my baby wouldn't have survived the night. His lungs were filling up with mucus, and he couldn't breathe. He had to be hooked up to an oxygen tank, and they had to vacuum suction the mucus out every hour. 
We spent a week in the hospital, and my son made a full recovery. Of course, the in-laws fully blamed me. My mother-in-law especially, but the others more or less agreed with her. She said my son got sick because I was dirty for having a child out of wedlock and that I'm a bad mother. My husband was pissed and told her off, but that woman has the worst case of selective hearing I've ever seen. I have never fully trusted that woman since. Jeez, I don't know about you, OP, but if someone told a sick person to kiss my baby on the lips, then I would just completely cut them out of my life forever. Like, it's my kid, it's not your kid, so go f*** yourself. Our next Reddit post is from Sammy Ann Wade. I'm a 29-year-old woman, and when I was a child, I lived with my mom and her new boyfriend. We'll call him Adam. They met when I was 10 years old. From the moment I met this man, I never liked him. He gave off the most terrifying vibes, and even as a child, I could instinctively tell that there was something wrong with this man. Fast forward six years, and my mom and Adam are getting married, on my birthday no less. Over the past six years, I've gotten three new siblings, and Adam has made my life a living hell. He was physically and verbally aggressive almost every single day to me, my mom, and my siblings. However, he's always had a particular dislike towards me. He would exclude me from family events, force family members to not give me presents at Christmas and birthdays, and then humiliate me on those events and make a scene because I didn't receive gifts. When I was 11 years old, he called me a slut for wearing a skirt. He spent about $50,000 of my inheritance on himself, buying things like mountain bikes. He would hide my phone for no reason, so I couldn't contact my father, friends, or extended family. He would never let me eat the tastiest food, and he would sit there and eat it in front of me. He ruined the very expensive four-wheel drive car that I bought for my mom as an adult. He stole cars, stole motorbikes, and he started a bushfire. He tried to pin a breaking and entering that happened at my friend's house on my boyfriend. All of this is just a snippet of the charms of this awful human being. I moved out of my home very shortly after the wedding, and at 16, I was living on my own juggling two part-time jobs, going to school full-time in a brand new state and a brand new city. But still, this was way better than living at home with that man. Fast forward another 10 years, I'm 26 years old, and my mom has finally gained the courage to separate her and my three siblings from Adam after years of abuse. Adam still tries to terrorize their lives and control them, and demonstrates very threatening behavior, but at least they're out. My three siblings chose to stay with my mom, for obvious reasons, but they still had to have visitation with their father due to custody arrangements. Adam always held lots of resentment towards the kids for this, but can you blame them? Fast forward now to the present day. I have full care of the oldest of my three siblings because she wanted to escape Adam completely and move to live with me. I fully support this because I have always tried to help wherever I can. The youngest of the three still lives with mom. The middle child, my brother, was very traumatized by Adam's behavior and consequently has lots of untreated trauma and behavior to go with it. I tried to take care of him and let him live with me, but he was far too violent for me to handle. Adam actively stopped my brother from getting the mental health he needed. My brother moved back in with my mother and youngest sister, but he was too violent for them to handle too. Last week, my brother assaulted a family member at my mom's house. My brother was escorted off the property by police and taken to Adam's house to live. 
On Wednesday, I got a message from Adam for the first time in years saying, Your brother's missing. The police have been called. If you know anything, call me or the police. Instant panic sets in. I feel like a scared child again from a very benign message from this man. I sat there looking at this message all night, wondering what to do about it. That's when it came to me. Adam asked me to call the cops if I knew anything, but Adam didn't specify what I had to know to tell the police. He just said that if I knew something to call them, so I did. I called the cops and told them that I felt I had some very important information to tell them regarding my missing brother. I told them everything about all the abuse that happened to me and my family at great lengths. I told them that if they find my brother and return him to Adam's house, then they would be putting him in direct danger. I told them absolutely everything. The police were very interested to hear about Adam and eventually put me on with a more senior officer. He asked me to retell my story, which I did, and he said someone would call me back. A while later, I got a call back asking if it was necessary, would I be willing to sign a statement confirming what I said over the phone? And of course I agreed. I go down to my local police station to sign the written statement. There is now an arrest warrant out for Adam for a multitude of reasons, and I was told that under no circumstances would Adam be getting my brother or any of my siblings back in his care. Now, this isn't the juiciest entitled parent story on here, but I did maliciously comply with my douchebag stepfather's request. And now he won't be able to hurt my family anymore, so that's worth smiling about. It's been a slow burn to see any kind of justice come to this evil, entitled, awful human, but eventually my patience paid off. Beneath that, OP posted an update saying that eventually they found her brother, and he's perfectly fine. Also, OP received a text message from Adam that said, It's obviously no concern of yours, big sister, so thanks for only caring for yourself. I really love reading stories like these, not because they're interesting, but because they give me an opportunity to tell my viewers that behavior like this isn't normal. So if the way that Adam behaves feels familiar to you because you see it in your uncle or your father or your mother or whatever, then it's important for you to understand that this is not normal behavior and you can report it. Child Protective Services, your school, the cops. If you're a child who's being physically, verbally, or emotionally abused, there are people out there whose job it is to help you. Anyways, OP, I'm really glad that you were able to escape that toxic situation, and I sincerely hope they throw your stepfather in jail. That was r slash Entitled Parents, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.